Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. I am still in the Copper Hill Lodge. Uh, There's whispers the adventure is still there because I, canologically speaking, did not do it. I had nothing to do with them. I'm just going to leave those night whisperer people just sitting in the sitting in the hall going for years and years and years and saying I've been we've been waiting for ten years. He's gonna notice us soon, surely. Yes, yes, let's 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 wait another ten years. So instead, next adventure Waylayers. While conversing with Druid, one of the lodge's ever lurking denizens Ooh, Druid again. You once more find yourself presented with the prospect of adventure. Here we go. While conversing with Druid, a grizzled swordsman and one of the ever-lurking denizens of the lodge's main hall, Yulady knows of someone who's desperate to acquire your help with a rather delicate matter. Though not generally known to be overly friendly, the usually quiet adventurer seems to have taken a liking to you, and, and often seeks you out whenever you return to the lodge. It seems that it might be something of a rescue, says Man who'd asked for you wouldn't tell me anything else, but I've been around long enough to know what it's about. Don't know how he found the lodge, but he's outside, tended to his horse. If you're any interest, a large fan of mine, he's got an axe at his side. If that means anything to you, 
Intrigued by what you've just been told, you thank Druid and promptly make your way out of the hall. There, just to the left of the lodge's imposing oaken doors, in the shape of an ancient maple, you spot the man described to you by Druid. Upon first glance, you find yourself hard-pressed to fathom why this tall, young, broad, broad-shouldered man dozing at the base of the maple, his large hands folded on around his, behind his head, ready to seek out your help. As reported by Richard, an axe hangs from the white side of his thick hide belt. A grey net mare, or not on eight tack, lending a sense of splendour to an already regal beast, stands freely on the opposite side of the tree, her tail swishing gently to scatter a bothersome gathering of small black flies. As you approach the man, his eyes suddenly flies open, and he leaps to his feet, a broad smile taking form amidst the creases that line his weathered face. He nervously stammers something as he steps towards you, before stopping and clearing his throat. He then greets you respectfully, and quickly dips into a bow. My mind is already relieved, he says, returning to his full, somewhat imposing height. Please know it wasn't easy for me to come here to ask what I'm going to ask you, but it had to be done. You must help me, Zoop. Please. The young man, who promptly introduces himself as Lauermere, swiftly launches into a long and detailed account of the events that brought him to seek you out. You listen with growing interest to you as he describes a bandit attack along one of the more well-travelled roads that skirt the western edge of Dragonmere Deep. He seems on the verge of tears as, as he recounts the brazen ambush and the coach that left the driver and three of his fellow passengers dead. Then, with a wavering voice, he tells you that his friend and companion, Tylark, was captured by the brigands. Poor dear, Tyler, he says, now visibly trembling. We've been on many adventures together, though I dare say he's the real, real adventure. Without him, I'm just not the same. It's quite difficult to explain, but Tyler has enough courage for both of us. In fact, he has all the courage between us. I'm not ashamed to say it. Alamo explains that he and Tyrak were returning from an adventure in the northeast corner of the kingdom when the coach on which they were passengers was set upon by bandits. He tells you that at first, with Tyrak by his side, he bravely defended the wagon, nearly driving off the seven robbers who seemed to take no interest in giving quarter to the victims of their attack. And then, just like that, he was gone, says Tyler. Tylark fell to the ground, and I watched one of the waylayers pick him up and carry him off. Wait. Is this a really buff waylayer? There was nothing I could do without him. Fear overtook me, and I could do nothing else. I fled. He was alive, of course. I could have saved him, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. Lamar continues the count and tells you that when he, when he summoned enough courage to return to the wagon, just a few minutes after, after having witnessed Tylark's attempt, 
abduction. The bandits were gone. The driver and the three other passengers that shared the coach were dead. He exhales sharply and draws a long, ragged breath. I know where the bandits can be found, he said, his voice again trembling. I paid dearly for that little bit of information, but I would have given anything for it. You must help me, Soup. I will beg for your help if it proves necessary. You must fetch Tyler back from his captures. I dare not even consider what foul treatment he, he may be receiving at, at their hands. You ask Tyler Lalimar, what leads him to believe that his friendly companion is still alive? The moment you voice your inquiry, his eyes widen and he fixes you with a quizzical stare. Then, in a voice laden with disbelief, he, he issues a somewhat curt reply that changes your entire output on the, on the dilemma. Of course he's still alive, and asks you not even think of such things. He's very much alive and well. How long? We, that is you, if you're winning, of course, must move quickly. Will you help me? I can offer you something in return. Not very much, mind. But something all the same. So I can help, or I can decline his request, or I can use divination just to get some clues. Succeeded. 4xp to divination. Channeling your power of divination. You sense that while he is telling you the truth, Alamaris has not revealed to you the full details surrounding Tylark's abduction. Okay, I'm going to ask if there's more to this story. Yes, yes there is, he says, his voice again waving. I'll tell you all you need to know if you're willing to help me. Are you? I guess, yes I am, yes I am. Alamaris' entire demeanour changes the instant you agree to help him. He steps forward and meets you in a shoulder cross. Thanking you repeatedly. He tells you the bandits who are holding Tylock may, may be attempting to glean some valuable information from him. When you inquire about the nature of the information, however, Lomar hesitates and refuses to disclose anything further. It's nothing you need concern yourself with, he says, but it must remain secret. Please, Soup, we must get started. As you listen to a full and detailed account of the bandit attack that resulted in Tylark's capture, you learn that Brigand's camp is situated in a wee region of craggy hills not far to the west and north of the Copper Hill Lodge. When you begin to discern that Lionel seems intent on accompanying you on your mission to rescue his friend and companion, you quickly dispel the notion, telling him the task would be better served if you remain behind. He somewhat begrudgingly accepts your word on the matter and agrees to wait here. Suddenly realising you don't yet know what Tyler looks like. Looks like, though you suspect you'll have little difficulty picking him out among his captures, you ask Lalar to provide you with a description. Tried in red. Always, he said. He's not very tall, mind, but I think you know him when you see him. You must let him know that I've sent you. He's distrustful of lovers, for the most part, and it and it and it's likely to be even more so now, after all this. After realizing Laomar will reassuring Laomar that you will do your best to find and liberate Tyler from his compatriots, 
and making the self-proclaimed adventurer promise to wait here for your return, you set off on your way, bag for the craggy meat region several miles north and west of the lodge, where you hope to locate the bandit encampment. You follow a narrow, overgrown path leading north in the lodge, and after nearly two miles emerge from the thick of the forest into a broad, well-travelled road, widening its way north and east along the meandering edge of the Great Mire. After moving along the road for less than a quarter of a mile, you head west through the grassy expanse that divides two tangled swaths of the old forest. For nearly an hour, you continue heading north and west, until at last you enter a region where the woodlands thin out, and clustered hardwoods and firs are replaced by towering tors and stony hillocks. Realise immediately you're moving into an area in which Lauramar believes the bandits who captured Tylark are encamped. Proceeding cautiously along the snaking trail that winds its way north and west to the very heart of the craggy hills, you suddenly smell smoke. After quickly surveying the immediate area, you spot a thin column of white smoke rising out of the hills to the west. So I can investigate the smoke, or continue on my way. I'll investigate the smoke. You follow the smoke to its source, and are surprised to discover a wan shackle hut standing, though only barely standing, at the base of a steep, border-strewn slope. A few spindly trees surround the crude dwelling. A A thin trail of white smoke rises out of a jagged opening in one corner of the dilapidated roof and a heap of split wood stands next to the taunt, weathered, deer-stained turkey curtain that serves as the shack's door. You can't, can't see anyone in, 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 in or about the huts. All signs seem to indicate that it is occupied. I'm going to investigate the hut. As you approach the hut, the deer-skin curtain is suddenly pulled aside. A tall, lanky, grey-haired man. His unkempt beard, nearly reaching his waist, steps out of the hovel and greets you with a wave. Behind him, shuffling towards the door, is a white-bearded man, who appears somewhat older than the man already standing outside. Not lost out this way, I hope, says the grey-bearded man, still smiling. I'm Gwyneth, and this is my brother Pithlir. So are you lost? It's not safe wandering this out this way. Not unless you know where you're headed. You converse at length with the two brothers and learn that they have long eked out a living, hunting and skinning game in the wilds of Telsa. Tirath invites you to join them for some venison stew they've been preparing. You won't find food like ours for a long way about, he says. Come on, come on in and fill your sup with some of it. There's a bit of bear in it as well, so I can accept all invitation or politely decline. I can use divination. You know, just to check this isn't some sort of poisoning, kidnapping, ransoming, looting sort of sort of trick. Well, it, well, it might be. Or maybe they're crazy cannibals. <laughs> I mean, they don't look like cannibals, but that's just... Cannibals don't look like anything. Cannibal isn't a look, it's a behaviour. Use divination. 
You sense that both Forex speak to divination. You sense that both men are slightly wary of your intentions, but you do not discern that either of them bear you any ill will. You feel their offer of hospitality is genuine. Okay, I accept it. I've got a... I've put up on a bit of a tummy rumbling after all my treks through the wilderness. For years following your chance meeting with the brothers, you're always glad you accepted their invitation. Not only does their stew prove to be delicious and fortifying, but the brothers themselves turn out to be hospitable and interesting hosts. You learn that Grelith and Power have long hunted and traded furs and pelts across the wild weed fringes of the kingdom. For the last several years, however, they settled down here, in these remote hills. Grelith reveals to you that the choice to end what had been a lifetime of roving the wilderness was made out of necessity. But Rose not able to get around as well as he used to, he says, glancing at Piffar as if to seek pardon for the omission. We're both still hurt, mind. We both still hunt, mind. We have to. There isn't much choice in it. Luckily, these hills are full of game, though I'm sad to say it. It's become a bit more dangerous of late. When you cry about what it means by dangerous, the brothers exchange worried glances. Before, after swallowing the laughs of the stew, tells you that a band of brigands have recently set up camp further into the hills. They don't bother us, any, he says. We're thankful enough for that but they do make trouble for those moving along the roads near here. The paths that lead to the heart of the hills are all guarded now. I suppose it's to keep folk away from their camp. My brother and I stay in the outer hills now. We don't look for, sub- for trouble, and we certainly don't need any. You speak at length to the brothers, explain to them the details of your mission to locate and rescue a prisoner being held by the bandits. The two men seem immediately impressed by our courage, and are quick to tell you they may be, be able to show you a way to reach the brigands' camp undetected. It's a longer way round, that much is certain, says Griff, but it'll bring you close to where they're set up, and not in a way that's easy, be easy for them to spot your approach. We could show you. While enjoying a mug of paleo, some of the best you've ever tasted. You carefully consider the brother's interesting offer. Ask so I could just leave and make my way out my own, or ask them to show you the path they've mentioned. Of course. Griffith and Puffar seem elated when you take them up on their offer and ask you to show them the secret path that will take you close to the bandit encampment. They quickly gather up their gear, which includes ropes, pats, Axes, daggers, and Grilliff's hunting bow, and then the three of you set off from their small hut, heading west and north into the hills. Less than a mile, less than a quarter of a mile from their hovel, the brothers turn sharply west, leading you along a narrow, twisting track that hugs the outer edges of several towering crags. You turn the overgrown path, which at times seems to disappear altogether. He doesn't travel very frequently. Only a few moments after arriving at that low conclusion, you find your unspoken notion confirmed by Pritha. We don't know who originally used this path, but it's not travelled too often, he says. Now, if you stick to this track, just a trap, and you haven't got too far to go now, 
you'll come in above that camp. If your idea is to sneak up at them, this is the best way I can think to do it. Realising the brothers have no intention of going any further, you thank them for showing you the way and bid, and bid them farewell. Then, after watching them make their way back along the trail, you turn and set off on the remainder of your trek, eager to reach the camp and discover the fate of Trilock. Continuing to follow the trail, you swiftly move deeper into the hills. After only a few minutes, you become aware of the smell of wood smoke. Scouring the sky ahead, you make out a thin trail of grey smoke, rising above a pair of low hillocks. Realising you must be approaching the bandit camp, you set off you step off the trail and begin to twil- steal through the tangled undergrowth, moving closer to the source of the smoke with each cautious step. Crouch, crouching atop an outcropping of rock that extends from the flank of a steep tor, you stare down at a crude encampment consisting of three high tents and a smouldering cooking fire. Seven men, presumably bandits, are milling about the camp. Two attending the fire, over which hangs a heavy iron pot, while two others are toiling and repairing several pieces of leather armour. Two more are resting, leaving the remaining man as the lone lookout, who appears to take no interest in his station. As your eyes scour the camp, you begin to feel slightly dismayed, for you can't currently see into the tents from, from your vantage. You've yet to catch sight of anyone that might be Tylark. Perched atop the outcrop, you continue to watch the bandits as they mill about the encampment. Suddenly, your attention is drawn to one of the tents near the edge of the camp. A man clad in mage's robe steps out of the tent and begins speaking with one of the men toiling to repair a piece of leather armour. Observing the road mad mannerisms, as well as the relative deference with which he is treated by the others, you immediately discern you've just discovered the leader of this brand of brigands. Suddenly, the woes man hand snaps in your direction, almost as if he sensed your presence. He quickly raises the arm, alerting all seven of his cohorts to the stranger lurking on the edge of their camp. As you hopefully contemplate your next course of action, the seven bandits, heeding the shouted orders of their robed leader, rush at you with their weapons drawn. Hmm. I mean, if they had someone captured, and um, I mean, they must assume I'm some sort of hero because I'm going after bandits. Wouldn't they just go... Wouldn't they just, you know, point a dagger to the neck of their hostage? Wouldn't work, of course. I'll just use telekinesis to 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 move the dagger and chop off that bandit's head, but they don't know that. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I've got a few options. Hold your ground and face their attack. Or I could use telekinesis, conjuration, gating, illusion, elementalism, or archery. Ooh. Conjuration it is, because you don't get many opportunities to use that. Succeeded. 8x speed to conjuration. 
You watch you channel your power of conjugation and watch as the trunk of a small tree suddenly appears in front of the advancing bandits. The seven men struggle to maintain their footing as they trip and stumble over the unexpected obstacle. With the bandits momentarily in disarray, you rush forward and attack! Alright, seven bandits begin combat. So, my only option is to kill them, apparently. I think I probably want to leave one alive to ask about Tyler, but I guess I'll just... I guess I'll just ask that of the leader instead. The seven bandits mercilessly assail you. They're most of the way down. Your enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke on you. Presumably, they all seven of them attack at once. And they manage to just pick me a little bit for ten damage. Alright, they keep going and they are slain. 21 XP. The lifeless bodies of the same seven bandits lie strewn across the ground before you. Oh, what what went wrong with their lives that they ended like this? Oh, if only that if only there had been some sort of if only then if only there'd been a proper education program and vocational training when they were young. They might have ended up another way. The mage, his eyes wide with fear, steps back away from the tent next to which he stands and begins moving forward towards the lone horse, standing on the far side of the camp. I've no further quarrel with you, friend! He calls, backing away in the direction of the course. Please, we can let this end here. Sensing the cowardly man is terrified of you, as he should be, you shrewdly press your current advantage and demand to know what has become of Tyrlock. The bold question, accompanied by several steps taken into the encampment, seems to catch the mage off guard. You hesitate for a moment, and then stammers something you can't quite hear. <laughs> when, when you repeat your question, he again hesitates before replying in a wavering voice. It does little to change your opinion of his craven nature. His answer, however, elicits a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. Oh, I don't know of any Tarlock. There's no one else here. Please, let me go. I would ever return. Wait, did I attack the wrong bandits? Oh dear, oh, that's embarrassing. I must have attacked the wrong bandits. I mean, I mean it does happen. I mean, there's probably all sorts of bandits around here. I mean, it was going to happen eventually that I'd end up attacking the wrong bandits. Both angered. And bewildered by his response, you stride ahead, hoping your brazen advance would be enough to make the lawless outlaw confess all he knows. Instead, as you draw it within just a few yards, he raises his left hand and levels at you as he, con as he continues to back away towards the coast. C Come no closer, he cries, his hand raised hand waving, I don't want any quarrel, but come no closer! 
You sense that his threat is no idle one. Still, you remain determined to discover the threat. Fate that has befallen Lorimer's friend and companion. Let, let us go our separate ways, stammers the mate. I'll take nothing but the horse. Please, don't let it come to this. So, I can allow him to depart, or I could attack him, or I could use divination. Just want to find out, is he lying? Has he, has he shoved Tylark into some sort of Neville portal or something? Yes. Or maybe Tylark's been shrunk down really tiny. Really tiny. I mean, apparently that is something that you can do. I mean, we know that shrinking work, works on humans because we did it way back in the Underfoot adventure, which is the 100th episode. If you haven't heard it before. But you probably have. Because it's the most listened to episode. So divination. Just to find out. Maybe. Maybe he's, he's trying still trying to hide something. I mean that would be pretty stupid of him. But you never know. Maybe whoever, maybe whoever he's working for. Is way scarier than me. I mean the worst I could do is kill him. But he could be working for, he'd be working for the people who kill him in a particularly nasty and very, very long, long and stretched out way. Uh, using divination. Succeeded. You immediately, 16x speed to divination. You immediately sense that the mage, despite an unscrupulous career, with an assortment of unsavoury lots. He's being honest when he says that he does not know anything about Tylark. He also says he truly wishes to depart peacefully. So I can allow him to depart, um, but then he, he may well commit more crimes. I mean, we, we do know that he's... That his part, that his group of bandits has killed at least four people, and presumably more. And this is pro may well be the only chance, chance that he will ever face justice. He might just move into somewhere, somewhere else in the world, just maybe even in another country, and just go find, find some more ruffians, and just carry on with the banditry because that's the skills he has that's what he knows how to do is how to lead a small group of bandits i mean you gotta you gotta you gotta do what you know haven't you hmm to depart or attack him but hmm but if i attack him is it really is it just revenge hmm yeah it's a toughie I mean, if we, if we had, you know, uh, a proper system of law and order where I could just, you know, make a... Oh, cameras as this, I could just take a picture of him and say, this guy's a bandit leader. You know, just put, put him on your databases, catch him up. He's probably going to go somewhere at some point. You might want to tell the neighbouring countries too, because he may well move far. We just... Put put on the list. Put on the list. He's, he's he's had at least four people killed. I suspect there was more. 
You put it on your list, pick him up, pick him up, pick him up when he when you can. Of course, if we were in a more modern society, I could just do that. But this is a medieval kingdom where the law doesn't really go that deep. It tends to became, become a bit spotty the moment you get outside the city's walls. And even within the city's walls, there are large places where the law just can't get. So I guess... Hmm. I guess the thing is, I'm pretty sure if he if he goes free, he will probably do more crimes, and some of those crimes will be murders. So if so, if I'm right about that, if I let him go, I'm responsible for killing people. Yes, but hmm. But also, of course, from a cantological point of view, you don't. You could say that you don't kill anyone who you can avoid killing. But you could also make the cantological argument that all criminals must be punished. Hmm. I mean, I mean, with both of those, you put the universality test on them. It'd probably work, but. Yeah, you're in a bit of a sticky wicket if you have both of those as your as your revenge as your inventions. If only I could ask him, hey, are you going to do more crimes? But I don't really have a chance to ask that because he's he's running away way too quickly. Uh, okay, I'm going to attack him. Not just be, just so he can't do any more crimes. Anyway, I've got that. I've got four people, four people that were killed by his men, and they require some sort of retribution. You bound forward, determined to take down the bandit leader. The cowardly mage staggers to his right and thrusts his left left hand towards you, unleashing a deadly blast of fire that streaks straight towards you. So... I can attempt to dodge the fiery blast or use fortification. I'll use fortification. It succeeded. 16x speed to fortification. You channel your power fortification. With less than a second to spare, a sparkling wall of red energy takes form between you and the hurtling blast of fire. The bolt of flame slams into your magical barrier and explodes. Showing you with a wane of sparks and glowing embers. As your shaman's shield begins to dissipate, you rush forward and attack your magic-wielding foe. Here we are. It's the bandit leader. Begin combat. Hmm. I was, cu- I was almost hoping I had the option to subdue him, but apparently, nope. It's kill or be killed this time. And I'm... And it's going to be kill. Because he's a free plus. Ooh, the bandit leader slashes at you with his short sword. Your enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke on you for 14 damage. Another brutal stroke for 13 damage. Hmm. You're, you're pretty good at this. You're still going to die, mind, but... You, you just, just tell that to... Just just t- tell that to the to the receptionist or whatever afterlife you go to that you've got a couple of hits in. 
that you know, probably be pretty impressive compared to most of the ghosts of the people I've killed that you meet. You've slain your foe. 13 XP. The bandit leader slumps to the ground at your feet and expires. You step back from this bloody corpse and promptly survey your surroundings, making certain there are no other bandits lurking about. Hmm, I don't think there will be. Because if there were any other bandits, they'd have either won or they'd have attacked me. Those are the only two options they have. Alas, certain that you're alone here. You quickly search the mage's body and discover some gold and several items of interest. That's 173 gold tokens. Short dog, sword, jagger, some boots. Having completed your search, you begin a thorough investigation of the now deserted camp. They're all generic items that I will sell later. You move in and out of a small collection of high shelters that make up the camp, searching for any sign of Tylark. Much to profound dismay, the encampment, save for the various odds and ends, no doubt some of which are the spoils of the bandit brigands' recent conquest, is completely empty. Your search turns up the following. Okay, here's some... A lot of common weapons, not worth taking... Sturdy dagger, sturdy battle axe, leather boots, sturdy halibard. Yep, just a lot of loot. What do you mean it's a lot of loot? <laughs> and you get some pretty good stuff at the bottom. Like unmatched hide greaves. Oh no, I have too much stuff. Okay, I'm going to drop the sturdy halibard. Alright, what else can I get rid of? Hmm. Let's see. Let's just get to sell something. Uh, these common leather boots, get rid of those. There we are. I've taken everything I want to. I'm going to sell it later. And also, 98 gold. Upset that you'll have to return to Lanamar and tell him his friend and companion are nowhere to be found. You check over your equipment and take one last look around before preparing to make your way out of the encampment. Suddenly. Ooh. Help! Help me! Don't leave me here! The voice, muffled and indistinct, calls out from somewhere within the tent formerly occupied by the bandit leader. With your pulse racing, you rush into the crude high shelter, your eyes scouring its barren interior for any sign of the source of the frantic sound. I'm over here! See? Why here? The last cry, shrill and desperate, directs your attention to a worn leather sack resting on the ground next to a broken wooden box. You previously assumed that the sack was empty. Well, that's what you get for not... That's why you should always open every container with every sense on edge and your mind reeling at the seeming absurdity of this unfolding scenario. You cautiously move op over and open the sack. You open the sack and spill out its contents. A small, rounded, stoppered vial rolls out of the ground and comes to rest by your left foot. 
After making certain the sack is now empty, he tosses it aside and stoops down to examine the curious bottle, a thick, red liquid that appears to be incessantly sloshing about, fills the veil. You're about to pick up the bottle, and the voice you've heard only a moment ago now no longer rings out. This time, there is no doubt. The vial is the source of the voice. Nice going! You almost destroyed me. My skin's thick enough, but I'm not indestructible. You're as bad as those waylayers. All right, that's probably not fair, but you're almost as bad. Hurry up and get me out of here. Wait, what is that? They're all, they're all gone. Splendid! An end to the waylayers. Bewildered by the strange turn of events, you reach down and take possession of the vial. With the bottom of your hand, you inexplicably feel stronger and bolder. It's a strange and not altogether pleasant sense. It's a pleasant sensation. Your limbs begin to tingle as a rush of exhilaration surges through your body. The vial snickers softly. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Well, Laramar liked it, Laramar. You're not here on his behalf, are you? You are, aren't you? Oh, how very predictable. Kit figures he'd send someone after me. Couldn't possibly have come himself without me. He's nothing. Nothing! Bewilderment and confusion suddenly give way to the realisation that the bottle of red liquid clutched in your hand is Tylock. You think back to what Lionel told you. You cannot recall that he ever explicitly told you that Tylark was human. Alright, I now have Tylark. He's an item. I can view him. This small, rounded vial filled with a thick red liquid that seems to be forever breathing and sloshing about is Tylark. Tylark, as you've, you've come to know, is either a sentient energy that has taken up residence in this odd potion. Or he is the potion himself. You're still not certain which. You discovered Tylark in the bandit encampment near the Copper Hilt Lodge, and he begged you not to return him to his previous owner, a young man named Lama. Oops, accidental spoilers there. That's right, that's right. You figured it out, says the potion, as if having read your thoughts. I'm Tylark. Well, at least that's the name that was told that I told that fool Lauramir. It's a good name, though. Well, I suppose you'd better take me back to... The tingling in your limbs begin to subside, and for a few fleeting moments, you find yourself frightened by its sudden ebb. Tarlock again snickers, and he, when he again speaks, his voice seems deeper, perhaps just, even just the slightest bit sinister. Just wait a minute, he says. Having had another thought about things, I'd rather stay with you, comes to that. I'd rather stay with those brigands too. Had they not been such an utterly uncivil lot? You do much nicer than that foolish Laramere. Oh, what a wretched fool he is. And what a coward too. Simply cannot suffer him any longer. When you tell Tarlock, and yes, it still seems, feels quite strange to be speaking to a bottle of red liquid, that you're determined to keep your word and return him to Lyomar. He shrieks and begins pleading with you. No, 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 no! 
he cried. It will be my demise. I won't suffer him any longer. Just keep me with you. It won't be a bother. I swear to it. Won't even talk. Well, not a lot anyway. Please, I'm begging you. Believe me, kills me to have to beg. Hmm. So, I can refuse his demand or agree to his demand. Okay. Now, are you going to offer me permanent stat buffs or not? Because <laughs> it will have to be something like that to get me to... To get me to change my mind. Use divination. What if I find out what sort of person this Tylark is? I mean, he doesn't seem to be that good a friend, but what else? It succeeded. 4XP to divinization. Channel your power of divination and attempt to discern more about the strange red liquid in the bottle. While you sense there is something inherently deceptive about the slossing substance, you are unable to determine whether or not it is evil in nature. It seems that the liquid known as Tarlac will for now remain a mystery. Hmm, I'm going to refuse Tarlac's request. Your refusal clearly angers Tarlac. He mutters a curse and tells you you will likely regret your decision. Bad things happen to people who aren't nice to me, he snarls. Are you sure you don't want to give it another thought? So I can agree to his request, refuse his request, or smash the sinister bottle of red liquid. Hmm. Refuse his request. Your second refuse... Refusal elicits no response from Tarlark. The red potion, continually sloshing in the confines of its ornate vessel, says nothing. Determined to return to the lodge and complete your mission, you carefully stow the bottle in amongst your other possessions and set off on your way. Alright, next page. Yeah. Your trek out of the tall, widdled region proceeds without incident until... Suddenly, as you round the base of a particularly steep hillock, an ominous rumbling, coupled with a series of tremors that surge beneath your feet, serve as your only warning of the deadly peril careening at you from above. Glancing up at the treacherous slope to your left, you stifle a horrified grasp as you behold a massive boulder bounding straight for you. The giant rock thunders down the hillside, crushing everything in its path. So I've got some options. I could just dodge it, or I could use telekinesis, elementalism, or fortification. They're all 70 plus. So this is a very, very large boulder. If it needs that much magical skill to to use. I'll use telekinesis. It succeeded. 24 XP to telekinesis. You hastily channel your power of telekinesis and focus it on the bounding boulder. Only with tremendous effort that leaves you winded and shaking are you able to force the walk off course. The massive stone thunders by on your right and continues to roll for nearly a dozen yards 
for at last coming to rest at the edge of a trail with a resounding thud. Despite the many dangers inherent to trekking through a region of steep stony hills, you'll find yourself unable to believe the incident was a random event. Your bad thoughts, your thoughts immediately return to the haunting words of Tylark. Bad things happen to people who aren't nice to me. As you contemplate the sinister meaning of what he said, you attempt to determine your next course of action. So, I could smash Tylark... Or I could leave him intact. Hmm. The thing is, I don't know if smashing him would actually kill him. It might it might? Who knows? <laughs> if it doesn't kill him, I have no other options. No, no, no. I'm gonna leave him intact. Content to leave him be. You hurry off on your way, eager to leave this dangerous region behind and return to the lodge. Your trek back to the Copper Hill Lodge proves uneventful, and upon arrival, you're met by by Lavermere. Lavermere, the imposing young man, his voice waving and his hand shaking, quickly approaches you outside the Guildhall, there in the shade of the maple, beneath which you first met him. He somewhat frantically inquires about the fate of Tylock. With the young man's intense gaze focused on you, you give careful consideration to your response. As you ponder what, you, what it is you're going to say, you clearly recall, recall, recall refusing Tylock's plea that you not return him to Laravar. Well, he tried to murder him, so screw that vaguely guy thing. So, but I have to have four options. I could give Tylock to Lauramir and and get a reward, tell him you couldn't find Tylock and and then he'll be sad, tell him the bandits destroyed Tylock, tell him the bandits escaped with Tylock. Hmm, no, no, no. Alright, now honestly, now, Tarlark's, Tarlark is a bad dude, and thing he wants least is to be with Lalomar, so that's what he's gonna get. I mean, then I can make a, make a nice person happy and a nasty person sad. What could be better than that? Give Tarlark to now and there. As the young man fixes you with an incredulous look, you retrieve the potion from amidst your belongings and promptly return it to him. Laramar, now beaming, gently takes hold of Tylark as streams tears of joy stream down his face. Now, Laramar, this would have been a lot easier if you just, you know, told me that Tylark was actually some sort of magical item. Of course, then I'm... Then I guess you might have thought I might, you might have thought I'd be less willing to retrieve it. But I mean, you if you by not telling you 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 uh, you're facing the risk that I could just not that he's not returned at all, 
or I could accidentally break him. He immediately steps forward and initiates his shoulder cross as you meet him in a familiar gesture. A thin, sinister whisper interrupts your train of thoughts. It's the eerie voice of Tarlark, who remains clutched in Laramar's opposite hand. Bad things are going to happen. For a fleeting moment, Talmar's joyous expression melts away, replaced by a horrified look that seems to suggest he's overheard Tarlark's whisper. But in the next instance, an entirely new expression alters his countenance, one of bold, fearless indifference, oozing with self-confidence and just the slightest hint of superiority. Okay, I might have done a bad thing here. But I don't know. I don't know what the result of this is. I mean, but, but I mean, Lawamir was removed from Tarlark's influence. And he wanted it back. So presumably he's okay with it. I mean, may, maybe, maybe it's some sort of Stockholm syndrome. And maybe if he was, you know, in full possession of his senses, he would realise this is not worth it. But, I mean, I mean, he did have spend a lot of time without, without Tarlark and thought, oh, yeah, I prefer, the, I prefer the me that has Tarlark. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue with him that. If he, if he wants to change his mental state a bit, let him do that. Just, let's just hope Tarlock doesn't change it into something nasty. Now, I believe all is once more white, says Laomar, his voice noticeably more resonant. I don't quite feel the same without Tarlock, you know. And now old Ranger, he feels the same way, though he's n never said as much. But I do know him fairly well, after all. Laomar suddenly produces a cloth pouch. And, hand, and hands it to you. You'd be surprised to discover it contains ten adventurer cut, cut tokens. Ooh, ten of them. I now have 136. Okay, now I'm no longer concerned about the ethical quandaries that have just happened. Yes. Yes, adventurer tokens. They really help resolve ethical quandaries. They just do. <laughs> He presents you with a wooden chest content with a wooden chest containing a substantial amount of gold. Two thousand five hundred gold. Ooh, that's nice. I don't hope you'll be able to put that to use, he says, as he moves to fetch your sauce. Wish I could stay a bit longer. This place holds a great deal of intrigue for me, but I still have much needs to be done elsewhere. The walls at South Top there are ogres at South Top Wise, for one thing. Well, you know, you know what ogres are like. Left to their own devices, they're liable to get up to just about anything. Laramer again thanks you, bids you farewell, and then, without another word, mounts his steed and swiftly winds off, heading west along a winding trail that leads to one of the region's more well-travelled roads. When at last he's out of sight, you turn and make your way back into the lodge. 
eager to put the day's events out of mind and rest your weary bones. You settle down at a table close to one of the hall's blazing fireplaces. There, while doing your best to shut out the watchers' din echoing throughout the lodge, you stare into the flames and begin to contemplate your next course of action. The doors of the great hall suddenly open, sending a groaning creak through the immense room. Turning in the direction of the road, your eyes quickly come to west on a pair of grey road men who have just stepped inside. Doors close behind the men, and the two of them are immediately met by Wogmadden. You watch with glowing curiosity as the lodge master pushes the two men into his private, though strangely doorless, room at the far end of the hall. Too, too far to overhear the nature of their seemingly earnest conversation, he returns to the fire. Confident that should your services be required for anything, Rodabagun will know just where to find you. And that finishes this adventure. For 384 experience to general, and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And... No new adventures were unlocked by doing that. So, the only adventure in the Copper Hill Lodge is the one I already did, but then undid. So I guess next time I'll go and... Go and explore some northeastern part, maybe? We'll just see. But now I'm going to save, and until then... Farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.